You are listening to Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Mask with the Diva with Depression. This is your host, Diva with Depression. I hope you all are doing well today. I want to thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate all of the love and support. Today, I will be discussing something that could be kind of tough to understand, so I'll try to break it down as well as possible. Today, we're going to be talking about generational trauma, breaking the chains. Now, you know that I got to start with my Google fact. So today, I have two Google facts. Generational trauma is a traumatic event that began decades prior to the current generation and has impacted the way that individuals understand, cope with, and heal from trauma. Trauma that isn't just experienced by one person, but extends from one generation to the next. It could be silent, covert, and undefined, surfacing through nuances and inadvertently taught or implied through someone's life from an early age onward. That's a lot of stuff, ain't it? Well, basically, it means that we learn from the prior generation. And so if the prior generations have not healed from what hurt them, then those issues and those acts are passed down from generation to generation to generation. Toxic secrets, that's what I call them. Secrets because no one wants to talk about the pain that has been caused throughout life. No one wants to talk about the fact that it's possible that you as the next root in the family tree can possibly pass down a toxic trait or a toxic emotion or a toxic illness to the next generation. And so we just keep going on and on and on and we keep having children and we keep growing our roots, but we don't attack or even identify and speak up about some of the toxic traits that we are passing down by holding on to secrets. And I can tell you that it's damaging to the next generation. What goes on in this house stays in this house. How many times have we heard that? Millions and millions of times. I know I've heard it over and over again. And I used to think that it was just a black thing, but it's not. I've learned from the past couple of interviews that I've done that this is a worldwide sentiment. The wording is different, but the sentiment is the same. If something bad happens, if something unspeakable happens, we hold on to it because we're ashamed or we're scared and we just carry that pain from generation to generation to generation. And these secrets are deeper than grandma's secret recipe. It goes much further than that. And it's time that we start sharing. I want to say sharing because I don't want to be harsh and say attacking and screaming out loud because it's not that easy. I'm personally in trauma therapy right now and I know that it's 
definitely not easy to pull up these memories from the past, pull up painful memories from the past and address them and heal them. It's some of the hardest work that I've done um, since this, this, since the severity of my illness started in 2005. This is some of the hardest work that I've done and I don't wish this pain on anybody. It's just, um, it's heartbreaking. Um, it could be devastating. It could rip you to shreds, <laughs> you know, but the work needs to be done. And so I want us to discuss today how we can take the baby step forward in addressing some of these toxic secrets. One day I was, I don't even remember why my girls and I were having a discussion and my youngest says, um, thanks mom for giving me these thighs and these calves. <laughs> I think we were talking about uh, clothing or shoes and the youngest, the oldest one says, well, I got dad's feet and dad's uh, legs. And you know, it's a chuckle. You can see that they have my charming wit. <laughs> but um, of course, at the time it's a chuckle but those are the things that we pass on. And, and that's a minor thing that we pass on, but it's a thing nonetheless. And so later on, like when I noticed that my daughter, my oldest was exhibiting signs of mental illness and I was living with a mental illness and my parents lived with mental illness and my grandparents lived with mental illness that's when I started to think, you know, what we're passing stuff along, you know, and although, you know, there are genetics involved as far as heart disease and mental illness and diabetes and arthritis and different things of that nature, we don't pass along the coping mechanisms to deal with these things. And so, that it turns into toxic energy that turns into a toxic secret you know if i didn't speak out about living with a mental illness then I, my children wouldn't know that there's nothing wrong with them having a mental illness they're still amazing people and so that's where you know that's where the line is is that we can't keep hiding the shame of living with these these things from our past we have to speak out about them and share them and come to terms with them so that the next generation knows that even if these things cross their path, there's no shame in it. They're still amazing and they can still cope with it and they can still move forward. These are some signs of intergenerational trauma, which is the same as generational trauma. So there's poor parent-child relationships, there's untreated substance abuse or mental illness within the family, poor boundaries. Who's ever taught? Like just recently, you know, in the past couple of years, we learned what a boundary was. I still don't know. I, I still don't know how to put up proper boundaries and, and it's taken a toll on me. The mindset of it is what it is, you know, like let it go, move on, it happened. No, we can't do that because some things that happen to us 
are horrible. And how do you move on from that? You can't do that. Complicated personality traits or personality disorders, um, poor romantic relationships within the family. Ooh, where do we start with that? That'll probably be a whole nother episode. But, you know, if we're not taught how to love, then how do we love? You know, better yet, how do we love ourselves? If we're not taught how to love ourselves, how do we love the next person? And so we keep passing these toxic secrets on from line to line, from root to root. And it has to change. You know, I have had several conversations with one of my baby cousins about how do we break these chains and how do we how do we stop it from impacting our children? And it's a complicated task. It's complicated because the generation before us was not used to talking. And the generation before them, we know that they didn't talk. I mean, you know, we can take it back to slavery, you know, and how slavery impacted how we reacted and acted in certain situations. And so we learned that to be the strong woman, to be the strong man, we could not show weakness. We could not show signs of sickness because that mean that meant that we were less than, and that's not true. Uh, we learned how to stuff our emotions because that was a sign of weakness. Um, you know the the term "strong black woman," um, which I'm getting tired of. <laughs> you know, um, but always being the strong woman meant that we didn't teach our sons how to love properly or we didn't teach our daughters how to love properly. And in turn, they don't teach their children how to love properly or how to put up boundaries. You know, we'll start with the aunt or the uncle who was inappropriate, you know, maybe touched a child inappropriately or spoke to a child inappropriately and we no one said anything about it and so that aunt and uncle goes on and on if they live to be 90 then they are touching at least three generations after them and so that's three generations of sexual abuse victims what what is that you know that that's horrible and that's something that you never get over. You may learn to cope. You may even learn to heal, but you'll never forget being sexually abused. And so if someone would have said from the beginning, you know, stop that and put auntie and uncle on blast, then they wouldn't have had the opportunity to affect three generations afterwards. Those are the things that are toxic. Those are the secrets that we need to discuss. Because if we're not discussing sexual abuse, we're not healing sexually abused children. We're not healing sexually sexually abused men and women. And that leads to anger. 
that leads to violence, that leads to suicide. You know, the, the repercussions are, are many. And so that's one example. Another example is domestic violence. You know, if great grandpa was physically abusive to great grandma and great grandma withstood this and then grandma was watching, then grandma is going to repeat the same. And that's not, that's not a guarantee, but grandma could repeat the same cycle and then pass it down and pass it down and pass it down. And so we have four to five generations of women who think that it's okay for a man to dominate them, for a man to abuse them physically or emotionally or verbally. No, that, that's not the way to do it. If grandma said, I'm gonna put a stop to this behavior, I'm gonna let it stop with me, then you have that next three generation of women who understand that abuse is not okay. That abuse is something that needs to be discussed. Abuse is something that needs to be abandoned. You know, at the first sign, you know, the red flags, as soon as that red flag goes up, I'm out, I'm out. And because she learned that from grandma because grandma decided that she was gonna put a stop to it. Addiction, alcohol, drugs, food, uh, prescription medications, cigarettes, marijuana, you name it. There are so many forms of addiction and addiction, and this is just my opinion, addiction is always a cover-up for a pain. I know my daddy, well, my daddy and my dad were both drinkers. And my daddy passed it along to my baby brother. And I didn't, we didn't think about it. I know I didn't think about it. But that is something that is genetic. And that is something that is passed down. Now, I didn't know my grandfather but I know that my daddy was covering up for some pains. His alcohol and his addiction was comforting. And it was something that he used to medicate himself so he didn't have to face the pain of whatever. You know, I don't know specifically what he was dealing with, but I know that he was in pain of some sort to have to resort to alcohol or medication. And I know that my baby brother was probably feeling a pain of some sort to resort to alcoholism, which is also genetic, but it's also something that we use to medicate the pain. I always joke and say Intamins is my best friend when I'm having a spell. Intamins, cookies, you know, coffee, whatever, whatever is comforting for me or whatever takes my mind off the pain that I'm feeling at the time. Because food is an addiction also. We don't think about it that way, but it is. And, you know, although I love my grandma's pound cake, <laughs> you know, I can't eat a whole pound cake. I shouldn't eat a whole pound cake, you know, but who doesn't say that? Well, you know, um, I got some bad news. Let's go out to, to dinner. 
you know, I got some bad news. Let me go out and, and have a drink. You know, oh, my nerves are frazzled. Let me smoke a cigarette. You know, those are things that are passed down um, from generation to generation also. You know, my biological father smoked cigarettes. The, my uncle smoked cigarettes. You know, those are learned addictions. Uh, learned addictions because they saw somebody do it. And or, you know, they said, well, listen, if if grandpa is smoking a cigarette to ease his pain or to calm his nerves, then let me try it, you know, and then an addiction starts. Um, but nobody's addressing the pain. I probably mentioned this in another episode, but I was doing an interview and someone said that when you have a drunk driver, we blame the drunk driver for being drunk but we never address why they were drunk in the first place. That just stands out to me. I have it written down in several places because we're not addressing the pain. You know, we're not addressing that. Again, great grandpa may have been abusive and great grandpa may have abused grandpa and grandpa may have abused uncle and uncle may have abused cousin because that's what they saw instead of addressing why the pain started in the first place. You know, maybe great grandpa was abused by his father. Maybe a great grandpa was sexually abused. Maybe great grandpa was bullied. These are things that great grandpa never addressed. So he in turn just passed that behavior down from generation to generation. And, and here we are. You know, we have a whole lot of broken people walking around because we never talked about it. And it just doesn't have to just be physical abuse or, you know, any sort of abuse or addiction. It could be something along the lines of an illness. You know, when I had my first breakdown and they called my mother from the hospital, my mother shared that my grandpa, my grandpa, suffered with depression and then which I never knew and then as time went on I learned that his sisters and brothers suffered from depression I learned that there are some of my uncles suffered with depression some of my cousins were living with depression but we were never told these things so how do we know to address them and I'm sure that of course my grandfather was was a very proud man. So that's not something that he would share because that's a sign of weakness. Um, and when I started feeling bad, I didn't share it either because I was ashamed. Because all my life, I always thought that something was wrong with me, that I was different or that, you know, I was weak in certain cases. No one ever told me that this is something that had a long line, had affected a long line of people in my family. So maybe if someone would have told me that earlier, then I would have gotten help earlier and I wouldn't have lived with the shame of living with a mental illness. Maybe I wouldn't have lived with the shame of, you know, gaining weight because I was using food to comfort my pain. Maybe I would have learned different coping mechanisms to help when my monster showed up.
if there's breast cancer or heart disease in your family and nobody talks about it, then you have this young man or this young woman who's suffering from this illness and they don't even know that they should get checked. When, you're, when you go to the doctor and the doctor asks for your family history, you have a, no idea what the hell your family history is because everybody kept it in the closet. So you have skeletons that are walking from closet to closet to closet to closet to generation to generation to generation to generation to line to line to line. And no one is healing. No one is healing. And the pain has to stop. The secrets have to stop. The shame has to stop. You know, when when you see these memes or you people talking about, well, I'm not my ancestors. Well, you are your ancestors. <laughs> you know, you are. You, you can't deny it. You are your ancestors. You are your family. You are the roots in your family tree. Good or bad. But we can start teaching our children how to learn to to live with the bad, how to avoid the bad, how to cope with the bad. It's important that we start doing this because our communities are struggling. Our communities are suffering because nobody wants to be the first to speak out. And I think that I saw something recently that said that, you know, pain and suffering has been passed down from generation to generation, but I'm the one that's going to stop it. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be the one to stop it. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I got a lot on my plate right now, <laughs> you know, but I think that by me sharing my struggles and sharing my story and sharing the intimate details, not just the general details, but the intimate details with others, that helps to, I guess, you know, maybe stop some of the, the pain. Because if a baby cousin after me hears what I'm saying and sees what I'm going through, then that cousin will know how to get help that cousin will know that they can still go on and do wonderful things in spite of. And so then that meant, that means that I broke a chain. You know, someone has to start breaking the chains. And this is not just a black thing. This is, this is a universal thing. You know, like I said, when I was on the panel and I was listening to other people talk, you know, we were all taught to stuff down our emotions. We were all taught to say, um, whatever, you know, um, it's going to be okay or, you know, just get over it. And we got to, we got to heal guys. We got to heal trauma in a person decontextualize over time looks like personality. Trauma in a family decontextualized over time looks like family traits. Trauma in a people decontextualized over time looks like culture. That was something that I read by Resma Menachem. Trauma in a people 
over time looks like culture. So over time, it looks like the women in the family are strong. When in fact, behind closed doors, they're struggling with one, two, or three different issues that they're not talking about. They are the victim of sexual abuse. And so they stuffed that down and they didn't talk about it. And so their daughters don't know what to look for when someone is treating them inappropriately or talking to them inappropriately. And so when someone does something to their daughter, that daughter is taught to keep it a secret. And then she will teach her daughter to keep it a secret and so on and so on. We have to stop that cycle because we're raising hurt children and hurt children hurt children or hurt children hurt themselves. And we're gonna keep on bleeding if we don't close the wound I know that my mom always made us keep everything in our house. And so in turn, I built walls up that are so high that I don't know if anybody will ever be able to climb them. I never allowed anybody in because she said, what goes on in this house stays in this house. And when you, when you start building walls, you know, the wall not to talk about what's going on in the house, well, then that means that we're not supposed to talk to anybody. And that means that even our closest friends aren't allowed to know what's going on in our house. Even our families aren't allowed to know what's going on in this house. And you keep building up the wall, the wall. And if what was going on in the house was the cause of shame, then you're teaching your child to be ashamed. You know, even simple things like don't tell your father, you know, you're teaching your child to keep secrets, you know. And so there are people that are in my world that have no idea what's really going on. There are people that I grew up with that had no idea what was really going on in my house they just knew that they couldn't come to my house or they just knew that, you know, I didn't talk or, you know, or whatever, you know, because I was taught that what went on was a secret. If you say what goes on in this house stays in this house and you're living in a house and you don't have food or, you know, you don't have utilities, then how do you learn to reach out for help when you really need help? You're teaching your child to sink because they don't have, they won't know how to reach out for help, how to ask for help, how to cope with things on their own. We're just going to sit here in the dark, you know, until a miracle happens. That's not how life works. 
but that's how myself and my brothers were raised, you know? And so when it came time to, to be off on our own, that was the way we attacked problems. We just let them build up and build up and build up until we broke or until somebody just happened to be walking down the street and say, oh, hey, they're broken. Let me help fix them because we were never taught how to reach out for help. We were told that struggle is a secret. We were told that struggle is something to be ashamed of. And then you pass that down to your children. You know, don't tell anybody that you're going through this. Don't tell nobody that, that this is happening to you. Shame, we're passing down shame. One generation said it was a secret, but the generations after process it as shame. I should be ashamed of who I am as a person. How does that make you feel? Imagine how that makes you feel. You know, if you have to process it as how would that make my children feel? then do that because we all know that we wouldn't want anything to hurt or break our children. So let's just go forward with that mindset. You want to change your children. You want the best for your children. So it's time to bring some of these skeletons out of the closet and talk about them, get help for them and heal them. So as a community, we can move forward because if we don't, guys, we're just going to keep repeating the same old patterns, same old patterns. A friend of mine said that if they gave us reparations, psychological care should be free and mandatory for every person of color. And I wholeheartedly agree because like I said, I think that we carry burdens from our ancestors and they need to be addressed you know those traits need to be addressed those those cultures need to be addressed you know and they don't they don't need to be all addressed at once you know we don't have to scream from the rooftops but we need to start getting professional help so we can get to the root of what's hurting us as a people and individually. So your homework <laughs> for today is to sit down with one of your elders. And we don't even have to talk to our elders. You know, if you still have your elders around you, you don't have to talk to them about the hard hitting questions, as my daughter would say, it could start with simply, let's talk about some of the health issues that my prior, my grandpa had, or my great grandpa had, or that you have, you know, start with that and work your way down. Cause I can tell you, once you start having these conversations with your elders, 
then the other conversations will be easier, you know, and keep a log of it. And then after you hear what grandma says or great grandma says, then write down what your issues are. Even if that includes mental illness, especially if that includes mental illness. Because, you know, we love to talk about physical illnesses, but we never want to talk about the mental illnesses. But even if you have to document your mental illness, do it so that you can go to your children and you can list these, these things. You can discuss each diagnosis with them. You can discuss their history with them because we're, we're denying our history. We're denying what amazing ancestors we had. We're denying our strong lineage by not addressing these issues. We have to stop producing people-pleasing children. We have to stop producing children that are afraid of being abandoned because that's what we are afraid of. We have to stop teaching our children that they need to prove themselves all the time or that they need to tolerate abusive behavior. We have to teach our children how to set boundaries. You can't just let any and everybody run up all in your soul. <laughs> you know, you can't. You're destroying yourself. So we have to start addressing these things. Get your notebooks out. You know, listen, in Barnes and Noble, because you know I'm a bird fanatic, a book fanatic, they have books that say, uh, tell me your story, mom. Tell me your story, dad. Tell me your story, grandma. Tell me your story, grandpa. That's, I think that's a great idea. You know, buy one of those books and start from there. You know, there's nothing wrong, guys, with having the trauma. But there is something wrong with not addressing the trauma and not trying to heal from the trauma. It's time to, as Ian would say, do the work. Do the work for our generation so we don't pass down the toxic secrets and the toxic skeletons to the next generation. So thank you for listening to me today. Um, I want to say to you that to all of you, I am recording from my main office, which is my bed. So if you're like me and you couldn't get out of bed today, that's okay. It's okay because I get you and I got you. I know what you're going through. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you can find something to do from your bed, then do it. If all you can do is sit up and straighten your bed and, and, you know, smooth out your pajamas, then do that. It's okay. You're not by yourself. And as always, I want to leave you with the suicide hotline, which is 800-273-8255. And the crisis text line is 741741. You just text hello 
to that number and someone will be reaching out to speak to you. I thank you for listening. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your support. And if ever you have a suggestion or comments or if you have something that you want me to, to discuss on a future episode, I'm open to it. I welcome it. Take care, guys. Searching for more